Update, brought to you by Simcox Advocates. Advising businesses and families since 1949. Visit simcox.com or call 690-300. Manx Radio's Update with Andy Wint. Pastor Mike, good evening. It's half past five. This is update for Tuesday, 27th of February, 2024 from Manx Radio. 30 minutes looking at the latest news on the island. And background to the news and sport and business and sea watch and travel updates and the newsmakers in person. This evening, Westmoreland Road site gets planning permission. Is the Chief Minister considering his position? Manx Cares 2425 focus areas. Can you ensure an e-scooter here and the Winter Hill disaster commemorated? 66 years on. Man Benham for all your business and legal needs. First of all, at 29 minutes ahead of 6 o'clock, the update news headlines. Fast am I, Chanel Suku. Fast am I. Using the internet and your telephone will get more expensive from April. Manx Telecom is increasing the cost of its services by 5.5%. The developer behind blocked plans to build 200 new homes in Ramsey says it is deciding on its next steps. Yesterday, the planning committee rejected the £40 million Salby Riverside project. The project team has met with its advisers today to assess the ruling. And the chief minister says he's planning to go on a tour of the island to give residents the chance to speak with him directly and give him their feedback. It follows criticism that Alfred Cannon's come under fire in recent days for supposedly not listening to the Manx public. In international news, the BBC said sorry to the family involved in the Hugh Edwards scandal. A report found it took seven weeks for allegations that he paid a young person for sexually explicit photos to be put to the newsreader. Aldi has lost its appeal against a high court ruling which found it had copied the designs of a Marks and Spencer's gin bottle. In January, a judge decided the supermarket had infringed on the design of its rival light-up Christmas product. And Sony is cutting around 900 jobs at its PlayStation division. The company says it's making the decision to try and get the firm ready for the future. Those are your headlines. News at 6. Secure tomorrow today with Man Benham's guidance on powers of attorney and more. Manx Radio Weather with Manx Glass and Glazing. Jeremiah, thank you, Chanel. From the Ronaldsway Met Office, there is a strong wind warning in operation for the North Irish Sea, state of sea slight or moderate. The boat should be in around 6 o'clock tonight. And the weather, mostly dry this evening with clear spells. It will cloud over overnight down to 6 degrees through the night. Port Ukraine, hill fog and periodic rain or drizzle in a fresh to strong south-southwesterly. Top temperature 10 degrees, clearing overnight, minimum 5 into Thursday. Jordan is dry with sunny intervals, occasional isolated showers in a fresh to strong west-southwesterly, up to 8 degrees. Sunsets at 9 minutes to 6 tonight, so we're getting dark about 20 past 6. Low tide, 28 minutes after 7. High, high water is uh, 23 minutes past 1 a.m. Sunrise, 10 past 7 tomorrow morning. Uh, low water is 25 to 8. And four weeks this weekend, it's Easter weekend, and the clocks go forward. Manx Glass and Glazing can supply and install single, double, and triple glazing. Call 674-573 or visit the showroom on the Snugborough Trading Estate. It's big. 
It's central. Now it's got planning permission. The Manx Development Corporation say the Westmoreland Road site in Douglas will include a mix of property, affordable housing and places to work and will have a village atmosphere. But will general parking provision still be a problem? One of the Douglas Central MHKs is Anne Corlett. I'm disappointed in some ways. Westmoreland Road is absolutely ideal for housing, for families, everything's in the area and it will really lift that little part of Douglas. What I am concerned about is the lack of parking and the over-intensity of the site, over-intense development of the site. There seems to be this question about parking. Well, the fact that there's a bus stop outside the front door is great, but the bus service in Central Douglas, Douglas Central, is absolutely so poor once you come up as far as Westmoreland Road. Um, that could be improved, of course, and that would be to benefit to all. But it, the fact that there's a bus stop doesn't stop people wanting or having a car. And, you know, that that's proven. So I just think that the parking hasn't been considered at the level it should have been considered. It's going to cause huge impact in the surrounding areas. Speaking of impact, of course, when a development this big gets underway, the whole area is going to be disrupted Absolutely, for a long yeah. time. Yeah. That's going to give locals a bit of a headache, I suppose. It is, although I suppose Westmoreland Road itself is, is sort of an arterial route into town. Domain Road, I think that's copable with, really. Um, but as I say, I, from a, from a point of view of housing and much-needed housing, this is a very positive thing. So the parking to one side, you applaud what's happening? Yes, I feel it's over-intensive. Over and, you know, the reason that, that has been given for that is that it's a brownfield site, so we need to get as much on it as possible in order to make it viable. But it, it is overdeveloped, really. Got some delays at Ronald's Way tonight, particularly the Heathrow flight. Details uh, later on during travel news. In recent days, we've heard from MHKs as they gauge whether a vote of no confidence in the Chief Minister is in the public interest. Following the sacking of Julie Edge from Comin last week in the response to the latest budget, Alfred Cannon's leadership has been called into question by some. We asked the Chief Minister today on Manx Radio for his response. Well, I'm certainly not above scrutiny. I'm not above challenge, you know, and I'm certainly not infallible. That's the first thing I would say. Uh, and the second thing I would say is, that, you know, I do really do think that the two or three MHKs who are driving this on, on Facebook should really bring this matter properly to the House of Keys and to the floor of Tim Ward. You know, and it should be part of proper, robust debate. I don't think the current positioning really is helping confidence and I certainly don't think it's really helping the island tackle some of the, the big issues. And the second thing, you know, I did want to speak to your listeners this morning or, or to say to them, look, I mean, you know, as I said, I, clearly I have responsibilities to, to do the right thing in terms of the management of the Council of Ministers. I am part of a collective uh, and we are driving forward a quite ambitious plan. But the last two and a half years have been quite seismic. It's less than two years ago that we were exiting COVID. In fact, this council was dealing with the Omicron variant and tried to take us out from COVID. And there's been a huge numbers of legacy issues that have been left behind, including connectivity, of course, a housing crunch, problems with the, with the workforce, healthcare, education impacts. We've had a war in Ukraine. We've had to deal with a significant change to the financial landscape. At home, we've had a very difficult employment tribunal, which has caused a lot of grief and a lot of soul searching and indeed a lot of changes. You know, and on top of that, we've had to bring forward a very ambitious 
ambitious plan. But listen, I, I would say to to everybody, look, keep going. We are getting through this. There are brighter days ahead. I know there are a lot of problems. Councillor ministers know there are a lot of problems. There's still a lot for government to get to grips with. But a lot of plans and foundations have had to be laid in this very, very difficult period. Update. Brought to you by Simcox Advocates. Pastor Mites, 22 minutes now before six. A service of remembrance has taken place in St John's today to honour the Manx residents who died in the Winter Hill plane crash. 35 people lost their lives in the UK's worst high ground aviation accident on the 27th of February 1958. There were just seven survivors. Howard Callow of Douglas Rotary Club is organiser of today's service. Ramsey Motors had organised a, a day trip to visit the Exide battery factory in Manchester, go have a tour of the factory and then I think there was some food and drink involved afterwards. So what was supposed to be a a lovely day out turned to absolute tragedy. At the time, it must have been a shocking blow both to the motor trade community and the island as a whole. It was indeed and if you look at the newspapers from the time, the coverage was absolutely incredible and I think one of the headlines that always sticks in my mind, it was described as the island's blackest day and uh, certainly it, uh, it deserves that description. There were seven people who survived the accident. Do we know, are any still alive? Uh, the only one still alive is uh, is Norman Ennett um, and he's spends most of his time off the island now in uh, a warmer climate. I'm sure he'll be remembering the day. The Department of Health and Social Care has published its 2024-25 mandate for the body, which is the fourth since its creation in 2021. There are five priority focus areas outlined for transformation and improvement throughout the year. The details from Christian Jones. In a report by BBC Isle of Man, Health Minister Laurie Hooper said the mandate delivers a shift in focus to the long-term vision of healthcare. The budget sees a five-year funding model set out for Manx Care in line with the recommendations set out by Sir Jonathan Michael. Manx Care was set up in 2021 as an arm's-length body by the Isle of Man government to take over the day-to-day running of health services and now the department lays out its targets on an annual basis. The main focus area this year are set on fully integrated health and care systems, safe, appropriate and consistent care, planning for future population needs, prevention, early intervention and childhood experiences, and to round it off, governance and accountability. The mandate also lays out a number of services to be developed, including implementation of a well-being and mental health strategy, improving access to children's mental health and also improving children's oral health care. Minister Hooper said his department was pushing Manx Care to live within its means in order to drive efficiencies and provide proof that its services are being run in the most sustainable way. The mandate will be laid before Timwald in March and come into effect from April. Sea Watch with the Isle of Man Steam Packet Company. The ship uh, Manxman left Hesham at 17 minutes past two. She's just about heading for the harbour now, well into the bay at the moment and will be on the link span in the next 20 minutes. Departing this evening at 7 o'clock, arriving in Hesham at a quarter to 11. Overnight departures, 2.15am, back to Douglas at 6 tomorrow morning. And the morning departure tomorrow, Mangsman heads to Hesham at 8.45. Follow the Steam Packet on Twitter for the latest sailing information. 
A teenager who a deemster described as behaving like a thug has avoided being sent to prison after fracturing a man's cheekbone outside a nightclub. The story from Tessa Hawley. Oliver Royston Proctor of Kean Drogard Road in Andreas was sentenced at Douglas Courthouse after admitting assaulting him and causing grievous bodily harm. The 19-year-old was in 1886 Bar and Grill on Regent Street in Douglas just before midnight on the 11th of November last year when his group became involved in an altercation with another. Security staff removed everyone from the premises and once outside, Proctor approached the man, believing he'd caused his sister to fall to the ground and hit her head. He punched him in the face, leaving him lying in the fetal position on the ground. The next day, he turned himself in at police headquarters. In interview, Proctor, who had no previous convictions, told officers he'd attacked the man, believing he'd assaulted his sister because he was afraid, as he knew one punch could kill. Proctor's advocate described the incident as alcohol fueled and a spill-out from licensed premises, saying his client was fortunate the man's injuries hadn't been worse. He's extremely remorseful for his conduct, the advocate told the court. In the cold light of day, what he did was abundantly wrong. Commenting on the situation, Deemster Graham Cook added, he doesn't look like a thug. He behaved like one, but he doesn't look like one. Sentencing the teen to 20 months in custody, which will be suspended for two years, he added, take all that on board, Mr Proctor. Proctor was also ordered to pay the man £500 in compensation and £200 in prosecution costs. Manx Radio Business Briefing. At 16 minutes before six, fast fashion retailer Shine was said to be looking at switching its proposed $90 billion initial public offering from New York to London as a result of regulatory hurdles to the listing in the States. According to Bloomberg, citing people familiar with the matter, Shine, founded in China but headquartered in Singapore since 2022 for regulatory reasons, was an early in the early stages of exploring its options in London as it deems it unlikely that Securities and Exchange Commission will approve its American IPO. And for a full daily market report, go to RamseyCrookall.com. Germany's medicinal marijuana business is expecting to multiply a revenue tenfold from the currently 300 million euros a year, reports Suducha Zeitung, after a historic parliamentary vote to legalise cannabis for recreation use. Europe's biggest economy is set to become the continent's most cannabis-tolerant country in April, allowing adults to grow and carry up to 25 grams of cannabis and social clubs the cultivation and sales of cannabis under certain conditions. The Federal Republic of Germany is considered the world's fourth-largest cannabis market and has one of the biggest regulated medicinal cannabis markets. A potential future full legalization and including retail sales could generate up to 4.7 billion euros additional tax revenue and create 27,000 jobs, according to a study in 2021 by the University of Dusseldorf. Uh, due to the historic conservative pot regulation in the EU, the watered-down German law doesn't allow retail sales at scale, though regional pilot projects throughout the Republic will explore commercialization. The Stock Market Report. 
Brought to you by Ramsey Crookall. UK and European markets closed higher amid shaky global sentiment. The dollar was down slightly against the Japanese yen. Oil ticked up and gold inched higher as the market focus shifted to uh, US inflation data due this week. The numbers from Ramsey Crookall. At the close in London, the FTSE 100 down, barely down, but two hundredths of a percent down. 7,683. The DAX in Frankfurt up eight tenths of a percent at the close at 17,560. Across uh, the pond, the Dow Jones Industrial is down four-tenths of a percent, 38,923. The Nasdaq Tech Stocks Index is up two-tenths of a percent at 16,004. And the S&P 500 in Chicago down three-hundredths of a percent at 5,068. In the exchange markets, British pound sterling trading at one US dollar, 26.9 cents, one euro, 16.9 cents, and 24 South African rand, 22.1 cents. In commodities. Gold up uh, just over a tenth of a percent at $2,034 per troy ounce. And a barrel of Brent crude up just over six tenths of a percent at $82.27. I'm running late again. Do you know where I put my car keys? In the fridge. Where's my phone? Under the dog basket. Bye. You haven't forgotten that we're seeing Ramsey Crook all later? Oh, um, no, of, of course not. Um, 5pm, is it? Quarter to three. I'll be there. Life is busy. That's why Ramsey Crookall's team takes time to help you make a mindful investment decision. Considering all the options, giving you full control of your financial future. Less stress, more assurance. Forgot to put my shoes on. See how we can make your money work for you. Call 717171 or visit RamseyCrookall.com. Licensed and regulated by the Isle of Man Financial Services Authority. This is the most listened to Isle of Man news source. And Manx Radio's update is the Isle of Man's most downloaded news podcast. Past my 12 minutes before 6 this Tuesday evening on the Isle of Man. Before deciding to increase the high rate of income tax in this year's budget, government should have assessed how taking the money out of people's pockets could impact local businesses, so says John Hunter at the Isle of Man Chamber of Commerce. Clearly a difficult budget for the government. It's so important that we maintain the essential services of healthcare, education and infrastructure. But I think there's a main concern coming through the Chamber of Commerce members about what is the government doing about cutting the cost of government for non-essential services. There's clearly an opportunity somewhere within this huge uh, non-essential services bimoth of government that there could be, let's say, equivalent savings. So if the taxpayer's been asked for £20 million, can we not find £20 million worth of savings within the government departmental non-essential budgets? Somebody needs to do a bit of forensic analysis of where cost savings can be made. It would be done in any large corporate business that's having a tough time. The first thing you do is you go and have a look on where you can save money. When you did a survey of your Chamber of Commerce members, 96% of them weren't in support of the budget. What is the feedback that you've had from some of your members? Because that's an awfully high percentage. It's not a fully formed budget opinion as yet, but at the moment it's saying, does this budget help my business? 96% of businesses are saying no. In fact, I think that figure's gone up to 98. Does it support and help your employees? 98% are saying no. The one thing that, again, is a real concern is that we're taking 20 million pounds worth out of disposable income from individuals pockets there's been no evidence of consideration of how that is going to further impact on local businesses and how it's going to further impact particularly on the hospitality industry which has been really struggling so we kind of like to know is there a net figure from government that is the net reduction in disposable income that's going to be spent in our local economy 
Manx Radio Sport. Fast am I, Rob Pritchard. Fast am I. Good evening, starting with motorsport. And Steve Colley and Kirsty Duke have taken the top prize in the first Isle of Man rally event of the calendar year. The pairing secured top spot in E-Class and overall in the 2024 Ormco account stages in Jerby on Saturday, with the duo finishing at a time of 48 minutes 56 seconds across the 10 stages. Fellow E-Class competitors Stephen Norman-Smith and Ailish Baxter and Sean Kelly and Jack Corlett secured second and third overall respectively. Elsewhere, the highest D-Class finishers were Michael Savino and Liam Ruddock, whilst Ross Tunney and Walter Brideson took a commanding win in C-Class. Mick Taylor and Rory McCann were the fastest B-Class crew despite receiving a 20-second penalty. In hockey, the Isle of Man ladies national hockey side have exited their latest England Hockey Championship campaign after a 3-1 defeat to Liverpool Sefton ladies first at the weekend. The Manx side travelled to face their Merseyside hosts in the EH Women's Tier 2 Knockout Championships on Sunday in a game rearranged from one week previous. After a goalless first half, Liverpool Sefton broke the deadlock in the second period before adding a second with around 15 minutes to play. With eight minutes left, the Isle of Man ladies earned a lifeline as Zoe Crow converted from a penalty corner to halve the deficit before Liverpool Sefton restored their two-goal advantage in the dying seconds to seal their place in the next round. And finally, in cricket, Isle of Man Cricket Association has confirmed the appointment of its new men's national team coach, Chris Chambers, who's currently working as the Women and Girls Pathway Manager at Lancashire County Cricket Club, is set to take up the post. Mr Chambers' previous roles have also included assisting at the Melbourne Renegades in the Women's Big Bash League and Lancashire men's programme through to second team level. What's more, he'll be joined by assistant coach Clinton Perrin, former first-class cricketer in Australia with Queensland and who is also currently employed on the Lancashire Pathway. The IOMCA believes these appointments will help bring a fresh approach to the men's national setup on Ireland. Manx Radio Travel, driven by Keyside Tyres and Service Centre. Some problems at Runnels Way. The 5 to 4 Logan Air from London Heathrow won't be in until 10 past 6. Uh, then it's the 7.30 EasyJet from London Gatwick show on time. 10 to 8 Logan Air from London City won't be in until half past 9 tonight. And the Logan Air returning patient transfer, normally in at 5 to 8, won't be in until half past 8. Remember, uh, the inner lane of the terminal building road at the airport's temporarily closed if you're heading to pick someone up or drop someone off. Uh, departing the Isle of Man, the uh, 4.30 Logan Air to London City won't be out until 6 o'clock tonight. 6 o'clock Logan Air to Liverpool won't be out until eight, uh, 7 o'clock tonight. The 10 past 8, EasyJet to London, Gatwick. Fingers crossed on time. Hillside Avenue, Douglas closed for adjacent office window replacement. A section of Switzerland Road's closed for construction work. Temporary lights at the bottom end of Summer Hill. And temporary lights on Brighton Terrace at the Mount Bradder Junction. Look out also for temporary lights on Lock Prom by Tower House. In Glen Tramon, uh, temporary lights on Lazare Road for resurfacing. There are phase closures on the Starvey Road for water main work, and the bottom end of Balabui Road is closed for ditching rope. Part of the Lubes Road between Erie uh, Dam and Kionslu Hill and Foxdale is closed. Uh, bottom end of Mount Gorn Road in Ramsey is closed. Look out in Ramsey. Parliament Street's closed between Court Road and the end of Bourne Place. Baldrine's got temporary lights on the main road and face closures on Ballakill, Ferrick Road, Colby. Temporary lights on King Edward Road, Oncombe. Kean Drockard Road in Andrus is closed in phases. South of Kirk Michael closures on the Ballalai Road too. Ask how you can spread the cost interest-free at Keyside. 
And the Matrix signs are not showing any problems tonight. Concerns have been raised about whether it's going to be possible to insure e-scooters on the Isle of Man. Legislative drafters are undertaking a final review of new regulations permitting their use, which are due to be brought in in Timwald uh, later this year. But Infrastructure Minister Tim Crookall told Douglas North MHK, David Ashford and MLC Peter Greenhill he doesn't know when they're going to be ready. This reminds me of that 1980s movie, I think it was called The Never-Ending Story. Um, it seems to have gone on forever and ever this. Um, we keep saying there's draft regulations floating around. I know the former minister seemed to think it was pretty much ready when he, when he finished in the department and the last time I raised questions. So can I ask the minister, and he, know, he must know where this is going because I ask this with a lot of the questions when he says later in the year, what does he mean later in the year? Does he mean in, the, in this parliamentary sitting, does he mean October or does he mean hopefully last day of December? And the answer to that, Mr President, is I don't know until we get those papers back from the Attorney General's chambers. As soon as we have, we'll move on with them as soon as possible, and I will keep the member updated on that. The DfE Finance Agency has been approached by a representative of the insurance sector on Ireland regarding e-scooters, informing us that they, these scooters are not covered by insurance. Can I please ask the Minister if he can meet with a representative of the insurers before the regulations are brought forward to Timwall? In addition, I personally have witnessed recently e-scooters being driven down a crowded Strand Street and on the promenade. What steps are being taken to stop this? With regards to the meeting, I'm sure the department and my, my, myself and the officers will be happy to meet with anybody from the insurance uh, industry on this. Um, with regards to scooters being ridden down, uh, down Strand Street and places like that, at the moment it becomes an enforcement issue if it's a danger to other people. But uh, you know, there aren't, I don't believe there are too many of these around at the moment causing too many issues. But uh, you know, it's, uh, we'll have to wait and see how we deal with it. Update. Brought to you by Simcox Advocates. Advising businesses and families since 1949. Visit Simcox.com or call 690-300. Preparations are well underway for the latest Easter Festival of Running on Ireland next month in what's going to be a landmark 60th edition of the event. Max Radio's athletics correspondent Dave Griffith explains why the competition, which attracts hundreds of competitors on and off Ireland, continues to be in high demand. I think it's the fact that the festival has always been organised by athletes for athletes um, I think both the current organising team and uh, our predecessors you know, have, have, have generally been involved in athletics as competitors and kind of understand what makes an enjoyable event for competitors and I think also the fact that it's friendly and it caters for all standards of athletes basically we've had Olympians we've had uh, you know we've had world championship athletes but it also caters for newcomers and sort of you know almost joggers I don't mean any disrespect by that but you know we really encourage newcomers as well so it really caters for everyone one of the great things about the Easter Festival really because it attracts literally hundreds of athletes from off the island and over the years it's mainly been university teams we, we, we have a, a sort of dispensation in our club rules uh, in that um, educational establishments can enter teams and they tend to be dominated by the university teams who may have you know four, five, six, seven, even eight teams uh, at times and it, it's great that we've already seen big entries from Cambridge and Durham universities a lot of the uh, the big group entries from 
the likes of Leeds and Manchester and Edinburgh tend to come in later. But as I sit here today, we've already had 218 entries, which is really encouraging. And what's what's really good at this stage is that a lot of those are from locals. Could you just remind us what the total entry was last year? We had an all-time record entry across the whole weekend. I'm not sure what the exact figure was, but it was well in the high 500s in terms of athletes who competed at least one of the three races. And looking at the entries from when they opened at the beginning of December, we've consistently been up on where we were this time last year. We also know that some of the big group teams will be bringing people who perhaps haven't been for a few years, but are making a special effort this year for the 60th. So we know that the likes of Manchester, the likes of Leeds, will be bringing even bigger teams this year, you know, maybe even 60 or 70 in each group. So it's going to be absolutely amazing. That's it for our day tonight, compiled from the resources of Manx Radio's News Department. Thanks to newsreader Chanel Suku, producer Amy Griffiths, I'm Andy Witt. Back tomorrow at 5.30. W-I-N-T